0: Welcome to The Road Less Traveled, I am your host, DB, and today's episode is going to be Jail Part 2. Part 1 was actually a lot of fun, kind of just rambled a lot, but most stories kind of interconnected, and everything seemed to just have, you know, just a little bit more to talk about. I think last episode was my longest episode, I will try to keep it around 20 to 30 minutes. Um... But the feedback's been good. Uh, My girlfriend even told me there's been a little bit of stuff that she didn't quite know, uh, which is great because it's hard to, like, I mean, I've talked about this with a lot of people. So there are going to be gaps where I don't know who I've talked about what with. Like certain things are just going to get glossed over or forgotten uh, or just not talked about in depth or just, you know, maybe never come up. So... Uh, this is so far a good means of uh, you know doing being a digital diary like I intended, so it's working. Uh, I do need to actually kind of promote stuff, talk going maybe an Instagram. I need to get get it out there, if you will. Um, but I have had people that aren't just family and friends listening, which is great. And uh, you know, you guys may have noticed uh, the the cover art. Is like 95% my girlfriend, maybe 99%. I honestly can't even claim real credit for it. I just made like little notes, little tweaks. Uh, but she designed the pretty much the entire thing there from just a really poorly done like concept drawing that I had sketched out on my phone. Uh, and it was just so basic. It was basically a stick figure uh, type thing. And she's like, Oh, okay. And then whipped up, uh, that's the end result that she whipped up. So, uh, thank you. For that, and I hope you guys like it. So, for today's episode's jail part two, I touched on a few things in my ramble, and so I was in two different jails, uh, you know, both in the same county. There would be what you would consider, I guess, county jail, and then there was another that was in a different. Uh, Just a different holding. They used it for like overflow. They used it for uh, when they were doing renovations in certain wings of the main county jail. They would uh, put us out at this other facility. And it kind of felt like a punishment because the first jail was designed around the courthouse. It was used as a means of holding a large number of people. Given my city's population, um, it was configured as such that you could easily get to a courthouse through an underground uh, series of hallways and also uh, underground holding uh, cells and whatnot for court hearings. And it was like, a, I think, a nine-story courthouse or whatever with all different levels. But that was what they had figured out to move a large number of people. Now, when you had to basically shuttle us from a different large jail... Because I did describe this secondary jail as a large octagonal shape, um, two-story building. So you have to involve a bunch of jail or prison transport buses, which are the size of Greyhound buses. So if you can keep that in mind, like large passenger buses um, with metal cages that would close to keep us separated from the officers. Uh, you ha- And every person that, by the way, is getting transported is Belly chain, so you're cuffed with your hands, you're cuffed with your feet, and you were also chained to another person. So if one of you decides to escape, well, guess what? Hopefully the other person's on board, too, or else you're going to have a real bad time. You're either getting dragged along for the ride or they're going to fight you until you go. Didn't see anything like that happen. Most people understood you were not going anywhere. So um, it was just such a long process to get transported to court um, from this secondary prison. Like, I unfortunately did a majority of my stay there. I did uh, I did about 18 months at that one. I said I did two years in prison, so 18 months of that one was just like, it was just a majority of the time. It was just so, so draining because you would, you would have breakfast at 3.30 in the morning, and that's normal for both jails. At least again in my state, so you would be woken up at 3 thirty for breakfast and then after breakfast you would be either allowed to go back to sleep because it was called read write or sleep uh, as if, like that was their favorite motto to say to you so you could read write or sleep generally people went to sleep I that's when I started shifting over to writing or reading um, because it was the quiet hours so that's when I could think and get the most done. Um, but you were more or less confined to your bed after that, unless you then had a court appearance. If you had a court appearance, you were kept awake. Uh, usually actually, if you were in the first, uh, jail, that's the nice thing. You could actually go back to sleep because they would wake you back up at like seven and that's when first yard was anyway. So then you could get ready for it and usually you'd have your appearance around like seven thirty eight, possibly nine. It was then dependent on your actual, uh, hearing. But you didn't have that luxury at the secondary prison um, because you had to get in a freaking bus. So they just already had you there. Like you got um, led to holding around four in the prison. Then you got a uh, belly chained, shackled, uh, paired up. Uh, you'd have to read off. They do uh, readings off of the inmate cards. So you'd be led into... Like a room, and the craziest thing, like this, was so funny. We we would be led into this holding room, which was just like a long series of wooden benches, which could fit like say, uh, twenty people seated in a row, and you'd have maybe sixty people um, in this room. Uh, but you'd also see weirdly that it would say, uh, video visits on five different doors. And like, I've seen the doors opened at some point. There's no like secret about what this is. Like you'd be able to go in there and you could see that there were different TV monitors inside and that, uh, you could like do just a over the air communication to either your lawyer, possibly a judge, um, And you wouldn't have to go through this whole fucking like transportation thing and like logistic nightmare. And I thought it would save just a ton of money. And from what uh, I mean, a lot of inmates had great uh, speculative stories that were maybe true I mean a lot of them had some logic to them, so most people were saying that each time you were transported each person or inmate got a transportation fee based off like the headcount so you would have like oh we had sixty people transported so that's x amount of dollars and then also fuel officers involvement etc so the more people that got to be transported basically the more that they got to charge so if you got rid of like transportation altogether, you wouldn't have that income from that. This was speculation from inmates. It did kind of make sense because, like, why not just do the infrastructure of the digital thing? And especially after, like, COVID, now that more than ever makes more sense. Um, And I'm sure there's a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff that I don't understand. So I'm always going to throw that out there. There are caveats to my stories. This is just my experience. So it was disappointing having to do this whole thing at like 4 or 4.30 in the morning. Uh, you get that cold freaking uh, thing on, you know, the chains and whatnot. That was always humiliating, degrading, humbling, getting uh, some cold metal chain strapped to you. Um, and I just kept losing weight, dude. I, like right now, I'm 154. I'm six feet tall. I'm not a big dude. I'm lean. I'm in decent shape. Bro, in prison, I dropped to, or in jail, excuse me, I dropped to like 138, uh, maybe 137. And so those chains, like they tightened the belly chain around you tight. And you could just, I could see myself shrinking. It was always awful because uh in this particular state, it does get very cold and it can get quite hot. So being let outside when it was freezing and just having to wait while we're getting loaded onto buses, uh, obviously you have inclement weather. So there's rain, there's snow, there's fucking, uh, extreme heat, humidity, whatever it happens to be. Um, it's not supposed to be comfortable. It's jail. I, again, I understand that. Um, but jail, like I spoke in the previous episode, um, It's just everyone's in there. like all. It's just an assortment. So, you know, you have low-level offenders, you have high-level offenders. So everyone's getting treated the same. You also have innocent people, innocent until proven guilty people. But in my experience, it was kind of the backwards. It was you had to prove your innocence. Like you were being charged with this. The state was going against you. You have to prove your innocence. Uh, So it seemed, yes, a little backwards in that regard. Now i i had a majority of my experience with the secondary prison so um i guess i should finish covering just the first one uh that's where i was first taken in that's where they uh, brought me the night of the accident that's where i went into medical that is where then i went to level three um and at this first uh jail like I I had visited. Uh, excuse me. I had visits with my ex. I had visits with my. Um, I had visits with my friends. They would come. I never got to see anyone like actually in person. So that's that was the fucked up thing. Video visits worked for visitors. They would have to go down to the jailhouse and they would have to sign up and they would still have to be screened and patted down and all that stuff. So still inconvenience, but they never actually got to see me. They never came into contact with me. So they were never able to give me anything anyway. So I don't really know what the whole charade was for that reason, but we would then do a video visit. I never even got to leave my, um, my, I mean, it wasn't a cell, I guess it would be dormitory style living. We weren't in cells. It was just open, Open rooms, um, even open bedding like your bed was in the exact same room. Uh, the level three thing was not bunk bed, so that part was actually kind of nice. You did have your own, even though it was a little small. You still had like a little cubby. You had a little um, writing desk. You had your bed, which was not really a bed. It was more not even a bed roll per se. Uh, a mat or a uh, a tattered uh, haystack would probably be more descriptive. But so it was just trash. Anyway, you had, like, your own little area, and that was okay. That gave me a, not a sense of uh, security or whatever, but it, it was definitely an improvement over medical. It allowed me to, um, I don't know, settle a little bit, I guess, would be the best way to say it. Like, I was able to calm down both emotionally mentally. I was still very, like, afraid of what was to come because – uh, it was a very confusing time, but having your own um, section or your own corner, whatever it is, your own piece of the world like it it allows you a sense of ownership and possible security. You'll see it in animals. I mean, my cat does it all the time. She marks her territory right after you give her food. She marks her territory. But it's just like, a, hey, this is mine. Like It's very important to her because like her world is just food, maybe some toys and me. So, of course, she's going to claim those things. So it gave me a sense of uh, claim to that little area, and it helped me settle in. And uh, the regularity of being in one place allowed me to uh, decompress and soak in what was to come. And people, that's where I learned a lot of my information. And most people were like jailhouse lawyers. So some of them gave wildly inaccurate information. Um, You could sometimes find the truth in consistency, um, or you could also find truth in uh, doubt, actually. When people gave you uh, like what you could expect, but hey, this could go any kind of way because it is what it is. That was usually more trustworthy than like, hey, this is exactly how it's going to go. But there were so many people that had been in so many times that the information they gave you was usually solid Um, because law, excuse me, being written in a Latin that is very hard to understand, most people get results like they get what the action will then give you the result. So you could find through sentencing then most people were like, hey, this is what we're going to get. And little tactics like stalling out your lawyer or stalling out the DA and allowing a certain amount of time to go by so you could get favorable deals or just people that grew impatient and wanted to make deals. Like There was certain logic to what other inmates told you. And jail was just a strange hodgepodge of like, wild conspiracy theories from people that absolutely believed them and people that were so high off of meth at least on the streets that their minds were either completely fried or still working at a like higher speed that sometimes they were actually well educated or came off as well educated some people actually made full sense and were quite intelligent but just you know slaves to their addictions. So jail it it was just like a TV show and that's I'm sure why there's shows like Orange is the New Black and movies um like Shawshank Redemption or all sorts of movies that are just like wildly popular because they show this alternative life and some of it it's hilarious. Some of it is so like wildly spectacular that you're like, oh my God, I can't believe that happened. Like it would be so funny to hear some of these stories. If I didn't have to live through them, like they're funny to tell sometimes. And I do like uh, people's reaction, but it's a, it is a coping mechanism. This, all of this right now is a coping mechanism. It's my way of figuring out how to deal with this. It's why I make, I mean, you'll see comedians make light of tragic incidents, I, how like it's a way to wrap your mind around it it's basically the defragmentation of my mental hard drive so comedy has really got me by comedy got me by like a lot So did writing and writing was a lot of fun because i at first in the beginning like i want to say that first year I would help people with writing. I would teach them writing. I would help them write letters to their loved ones, their friends. I'd help them write letters to their lawyers. I'd help them write letters to their judges before sentencing. And I, I did that that first year. Um, and I like, I like don't regret it. I feel like I helped some people, but the, I did see half of those people either come back or then some people were trying to like just use me for that. It, it didn't become about like help anymore it became about them it became about greed again because a lot of people oh this guy knows how to write they started shifting and you should write my life story you should write a book for me you should write a movie for me um and they're like it's a million dollar idea i'm like and then it it really just they wanted that all this work done for them so they could then capitalize on it and so i never did it and i just kind of jokingly tossed out the same thing i was like you give me ten thousand dollars right now somehow i will start writing and it just it never happened and there were a few people that talked a really really good game and there's one like near the end when i was about to get released when things when ten thousand dollars actually made sense when the transaction possibly could have happened like if his like if he had an agent for example like maybe if i made a deal with outside um because again you can't be like fraternizing with these people you can't be um I mean, you can't really be doing deals like that. So it would have been through a third party. But, you know, he talked a good game. And, of course, that never happened. And it was unfortunate because I've joked with uh, one friend that I still do talk to uh, to this day. And I I did let him know that I mentioned his business. I mean, I'm not mentioning names. I'm not mentioning cases. But I did uh, tell him that, hey, you know, I brought you up in one of my episodes where I said you got the kind of shitty end of the the deal. Like him and I got the same sentence and we ended up talking for two hours because, you know, him and I went through such a similar experience and were there for dissimilar reasons. So like because of that shared experience, like he will probably always be a close friend and he's a good guy, which is a nice thing. Um. But maybe he's going to listen to this one day. Anyway, so I liked, though, that I can bring in these comparisons because I feel uh, that I brought up to him like he he had an instance where that is completely unjust. He should not have gotten that much time. And then weirdly, I feel like the experiences and punishments that I'm facing are possibly too light. And, like, there's no way to even those scales or rectify the situation. So, it just, it's just a very odd kind of situation. I brought up in the other situation, uh excuse me, uh like, an episode ago about that car accident. Like, it's kind of an afterthought. These things get forgotten so quickly because it's so removed. It's not like happening directly to us. It's not the me or I involved um, only until suddenly it happens to you. So him and I never thought our lives were going to go in that direction. And we, you know, we're getting through it. And I hope he is. I hope, you know, you can always reach out to me. But so circling back to jail, like him and I just joke like that place was so absolutely fucking insane. Like we thankfully got through it because we could like he kind of got lost in the system, too. And some of that possibly was because of just laziness or again, um, just personality or emotions. Not on his end, but like he just kind of had a shitty caseworker. We were talking about that today, and this wasn't at a jail. This was at the halfway house, so this is much, much later. Um, but he he just got screwed because this someone who's just slow and doesn't like doing their job and kind of just you know pushes paper around when they actually feel like it. And we're just we were beholden to those people from start to finish through the entire experience. Like your life was not your own at it. Anymore, You hope for the best, but ultimately whatever was done was being done to you. Like you really didn't have any way to uh, either further yourself or really have any uh, direct impact on your case. I mean, other than just like reading through your own paperwork and trying to solve the mystery, which is already done for you, because like what happened, what happened. And even if you bring up great points they're still not going to listen to you like you don't represent yourself your public defender does or your lawyer or whoever like paid lawyer etc so that's what jail was for us like you are you are just not your own person i mean oftentimes we're being strip searched we're Being like treated like animal, herded like cattle to go from one holding cell to the next, being chained up, led. It's. I mean, it's just. It's not. I wouldn't say. I don't know. It's. It feels inhumane, but some people are trying to compare it to like slavery, and that was a little extreme because I don't know the alternative either. A lot. None of these people want to be here. So how do you like keep people? who don't want to be here and don't want to go to court and don't want to be sentenced and don't want to pay for the crimes. Like, how do you do this other than confining other than handcuffing? I mean, there's other countries that are doing really cool jails that have gardening and like arts and crafts and all that stuff. Not sure if it would work for America, just given where we're at, but I mean, there are alternatives and maybe we should work on it. So, uh, I spoke about jail and how the food was absolute trash. I spoke about, um, Like the book cart was one of my favorite things to show up. We had like a little library book cart and uh, you were only allowed 10 books at a time. So I had way more than that. And I would hide them behind, uh, like in my little cubby and like hide them behind clothes and whatever. That was the only rule I broke. I like, I had more than that because if the book cart showed up, she would take all those books and give you a different cart. But sometimes it was just like, there was only a few good books per cart, at least within my interest. There was a lot of people that liked the urban books, which was not for me because it was really just reading about uh, drug lords and kingpins who were just doing the exact same shit they got these people in here for. Uh, well, I don't know why you want to glorify violence and read all that stuff where you're already in fucking jail. That's just me. But on the other flip side, there'd be like Westerns and people are only reading that because every once in a while there's a fuck scene. I excuse the language in this episode. I guess I should add a disclaimer. But so... Like, it, I mean, that's what jail was. It was a very dirty, derogatory. Um, I um There was only incarcerated with males. So you had that toxic masculinity, that slant. So everything was like overly macho, overly like I either got to fight or fuck or do all these things. Like that's that was my environment. Everyone needed to get big. Everyone needed to work out. It was it was whatever. So. Not generally the books I was reading. I read, and I had to look this up before I recorded this episode, um, just in jail. I, I wrote down every single book I read from the start of my incarceration to the end. And then I wrote down the books I've read since then. So I have a running total. But um, So I went back and did the count. Uh, just in jail, just in those two-year period, I read 461 books. And I will have an episode where I actually just go over literature and things that made an impact on me, made a big effect on my mental state, got me through things. Uh, that's not this episode. So that was just a fun figure uh, figure to pull up. And uh, it's true. So like, I mean, I will post, I guess, the full list at some point. I got to expand the podcast website. Um, but this is a, an iterative kind of experiment. There will be um, obviously more episodes and there will be more content. So I, I will be getting that out and I will be building uh, week by week. So follow the journey. Uh, I'll give just a couple more episodes. We're starting near the half hour mark. And I don't want these to get way too out of control, especially since I don't know how much I talked about jail. So jail, uh, let's see. Uh, eventually at the secondary prison, I started playing wall ball. I started working out. I started getting some regularity to my life. Um, Because you had to. Like, jail is very routine. The structure of jail from both facilities was, like I said, wake up at 3.30 in the morning. You either stay up um, after breakfast or you go to jail, or excuse me, you go to your court hearing. Then at 7 a.m., you get first yard, which lasts about an hour and a half. After that, you go back into lockdown where it's read, write, or sleep. Sometimes they leave the TV on. Sometimes you can hear it. Sometimes it's subtitles. After that, at some point, close to around 11, uh, that second yard, good for you. Um, and then you go back to the lockdown about an hour later. Um, and they've also given you your lunch during breakfast, by the way. So you get a little sack lunch. You get your little sad tray, which was mostly oatmeal or eggs, which I hated. Um, I hate eggs, so I never ate those. I would trade that for either someone's bread roll or... Um, it was hard to trade for milk because most people liked milk, but if you could find like the few people that were like lactose, um, you could start making little trades with them. So, uh, I would prefer more milk than bread. So I was trying to make those swaps. Uh, I learned the barter system. I mean, depending on like who you were dealing with, everything kind of had a loose, um, I guess, increment associated with it like you understood a bread roll or maybe a piece of baloney was x amount of this comparatively so like i got the systems i'm savvy enough like i'm gonna adapt to my environment i'm a picasmus my man i will grow as big as where you let me go anyway so um like i figured it out it's not a big deal and i maintained respect that If you ever go to jail, that's your two things. Observe. So don't just throw yourself out there and just be respectful. Don't get into debt. So in jail, I like that was the routine. Then you would eat your lunch. And then after that, you would eventually uh, have dinner, which was at 330. Good for you. And then you would have to go into lockdown. And then if you were like, I was at level three. At the main facility, the first facility, and you had more free time there because I think I guess they had more staffing. And then, like I said, when I got to the second facility, we were always on lockdown on weekends. They usually it seemed like we had one or two less yards, um, which whatever I was mostly confined to my bed, just reading or writing anyway, like I said. Um, but then at night at seven, you would get the longest yard. It would be from seven to eleven. And then uh, that at first was when I was like starting to wind down because I was so exhausted. But I was able to shift my schedule to when that was when I was waking up. So I would wake up at 7 at night at the secondary facility, and that would allow me to make some phone calls. It would allow me to work out. It would allow me to hit the shower. It would allow me like, that movement for that amount of time. And then when everyone winded down for sleep at 11, that's when I would read, that's when I would write, I would have more peace. And I would stay all the way up till 3.30, eat breakfast, and then that's... Um, I would push through that for a little bit more, like, stay up. And then around 7, when everyone was going out to first yard, there would only be, like, a handful of people, so say, like, the fourth of the unit would be awake. So that's when I would be going... Like trying to push and stay awake till uh, lunch, which was around like 9, 45, 10 and if I could like eat around there for my sack lunch, then I just go to bed, and then I would just sleep through until dinner and just kind of do it again. Maybe get like five hours of sleep if that less because everyone's so noisy. But um, I wonder if you guys can hear that helicopter ruin the audio at the last second. Anyway, so uh, that's going to be the episode for now like I've compared the two jails I was only at the two I was at the main one and then that secondary one for 19 months um I will do a part 3 on jail and just tell like more stories but I don't I don't think I want to do that for the next one so I will uh, I have some some fun stuff planned guys Please continue to listen. I, I got a really fun episode that I want to do, and I, I can't skip to it. But uh, just know that I do actually have some structure to this. I do have – there, there's a makings of an idea. So can, please stick it out. Uh, until then, uh, you have been listening to The Road Less Traveled, and I will see you next Wednesday. Thank you for listening.